When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? Worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? Doc, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Heart God Media Podcast, and today we are concluding our action movie month with 1989's Roadhouse, featuring Patrick Swayze, and uh, this is pretty fitting, pretty apropos that we end it with this, because I feel like this movie, while regarded as time goes on as a great film, a great action film, I feel like uh, there's a small there's a small part of me that feels like this movie doesn't get the respect that it does in the action genre, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe enough people haven't uh, I haven't heard enough people speak on it. But we have, uh, of course, the our regular co-host, Mr. Eric Scott Tyler. Eric, what up? How we doing? Glad to be here. And. Uh, yeah, so this will conclude Action Movie Month on the Heart Guide Media Podcast, and we actually have a little bit of an announcement. So if you give a fuck or pay attention or listen or download or stream or, or give a fuck, we are uh, rebranding the show. Uh, it's going to have a new name. It's still going to be under the umbrella of the Heart Guide Media. Heart Guide Media will be the whatever you want to call it, the fucking TP, the longhouse, the fucking canopy, uh... The old uh, lean-to cover for uh, the name that's yet to be disclosed to this uh, podcast, but I feel like we—it's time for a new, a, a new name uh, to maybe signify what the show's about a little bit more than the name Heart Guide Media. But I guess uh, Eric, reflect a little on uh, what we've done here as the Heart Guide Media. Before we jump into uh, Roadhouse to conclude this, you know this is going to be uh, this is going to be our last episode as the Heart God Media podcast. Now it'll be Heart God Media presents whatever the fuck, but you know it's a uh, it's been a pretty cool uh, three and a quarter years so far, three and a half years pretty much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like we've gotten to talk to. Who, you know, I've been a part of a lot of episodes. We've gotten to talk to a lot of cool people, covered a lot of awesome topics. You know, I mean, you 
you kind of are the one who spearheaded this. Uh, originally, we, we'd all just be bullshitting, whether it be in person or, you know, via text, me, uh, you, my brother, uh, Chongo, our friend Chongo, just about movies or music, just kind of, you know, talking back and forth about it. And we said, you know, this shit needs to be a podcast or something. And you took it upon yourself and uh, started this and... You know, uh, from the roots of the stuff we love and, you know, music, movies, especially like the horror genre. Um, honestly, it's been so fun so far. Um, I'm excited for the next uh, the next step here, the next chapter with the new name and the new branding. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah, don't, uh, don't get it twisted. It's the same uh, goofy bullshit, the same faces, the same voices. Uh spewing the same shit and having the same amount of fun uh if you had to say what your favorite episode is uh that we've done so far what do you think it's been wow that's a that's a good question Hmm, what do you think would be my favorite episode uh i really enjoyed uh when we talked to the dude from uh, straight edge kegger i thought that was a really fun episode yeah Uh, jason zink yeah really clicked with him that movie's really rad, and that was really fun. Uh, probably, you know what? I, I don't know if I could pinpoint another one. I think a lot of times where we do, like, our favorites, like the top ten, you know, whether it be uh, Werewolf or Slasher or Zombie, whatever we've done, those are really fun because it's just us, like, in our element, just bullshitting and, you know, jabbing at each other and picking on each other's lists and, and really uh, – th- those are really fun. So those are probably be my favorite ones that we've done, um, you know, just with us, but – Every time we have a guest on and I'm a part of it, it's always been a great time. Yeah, I would probably say the Friday the 13th episode because that was like a, a three-hour long episode and we covered every Friday the 13th film. Yeah, that stuff was really rad too. That was fun. A lot of fun. That one, uh, uh, the, the one-year anniversary we did, I believe it was me, you, your brother, Sean, and Lou when we did... Uh, Night of the Creeps and uh, Monster Squad, a little Fred Decker double feature. That Night of the Creeps yeah. one and Monster Squad ones are really fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Obviously, that uh, mo- both those movies I love, but Monster Squad being like my my holy grail, my all time. So <laughs> yeah, the Lost Boys Legacy Week. There's been there's been so uh, there's been so many, but we got so much more shit to cover. But I mean, and it's it's almost. Uh, Funny that we're not ending on a horror movie to end the Heart God Media era, uh, name era of the show. Like I said, this is still going to be under the Heart God Media uh, moniker, but with a new show name that kind of uh, represents it a little better. Um, so these fucking jagoffs don't think we're a fucking uh, uh, evangelist or anything. Well, Which yeah, I mean, righteous gemstones, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure but regardless uh yeah it's gonna be fun and uh, you'd think we would end on a horror movie but no we're ending uh on an action movie um but like i said this is gonna continue it's just gonna be under a different name and feed's gonna stay the same all that happy horse shit so but uh yeah a- action movie month here we covered at first we covered universal soldier with john claude van damme and dolph lundgren and then we did Cobra, and then we did Commando, and now we're doing Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. So we did JVCD, or JCVD, excuse me, and we did Stallone, Arnold, and you were we going to go with Steven Seagal? No. Were we going to go with Don the Dragon Wilson? No. 
We were were we gonna go with anybody else other than Patrick Swayze? No. So here it is, Roadhouse, and this is this is a I mean this is a, a classic. This is a classic on television when it appears on television i feel like so many people it almost like i feel like it makes the rounds i'll see people tweet like oh fucking roadhouse is on tnt when most of the time anybody who's a fan of the 80s they need to stop whenever this movie's playing on television they need to stop and watch it and i'm the same way even though i own it on blu-ray like i have to stop and watch it even if it's just if i'm passing through because it's that good it's one of those movies that you own but it's always on television so it's like you need to own it but you also have to watch it every time it's on tv so i'm the same exact way yes so uh you know kind of uh uh frogging on the fucking on the same lily pads we have been this past week we've really honed in on the the art of the tagline in these films and this one has three Coming out, and shout out to uh, Max, uh, Chelsea, Chris, uh, just did uh, Dirty Dancing on theirs is Ready to Retro, is there to conclude their month, and uh, unplanned, uh, you know, we chose a Patrick Swayze movie to do at the end of our month, which is Roadhouse, um, and this is two month, two two years after Dirty Dancing, and one of the taglines is, the dancing is over, now it gets dirty, <laughs> and also... Uh, and like we said, these descriptive uh, taglines where it's not just like let's party or this time it's war. Sometimes they get very wordy and very descriptive so they can give you a heavy dose of what the movie entails. So one of them also is Dalton lives like a loner, fights like a professional, and loves like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, you know what? That's, there's never been a truer statement than that. And then, if, and then our final tagline is Dalton's the best bouncer in the business. His nights are filled with fast action, hot music, and beautiful women. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> goals, pure goals. Oh, did did the tagline not just sell the shit out of the film? Yeah, like I said, I mean, like we said before, we mentioned. Before, I mean, the tagline. I feel like in the eighties and the nineties, like were so huge. Like that's what you needed. You and, and I feel like a lot of went, a lot of planning. And conversations went into these taglines like you know what's gonna sell what are people does it make sense so these taglines yeah i mean they really hit spot on with roadhouse here that's for sure so it's a it's a united artist film um side note kid i went to high school with i know i've mentioned him to you many times his name's steve carpenter his father was a limo driver for united united artists oh wow that's awesome and it was really random. When he told me, I thought it was really random. I didn't really think about it. But I, every time I see the United Artists logo, I think about that. Uh, but regardless, we get uh, this movie starts off. I mean, it's just uh, just a classic movie uh, beginning. We're, we're, we get a big, nice shot at this place called the Bandstand. It, this seems like it's a well-tuned establishment. They're taking care of guys fast, quick, and in a hurry. And we get uh, Tito uh, Liveria of uh tito and the tarantula fame a dude that you may recognize as the singer guitarist in from dusk till dawn he appeared in desperado as an actual actor uh but this dude uh this dude is a hell of a player every time i see this dude playing either when it's tito and the tarantula which i love the music I, i actually listen to uh you know not just in the films, but I, I love putting it on once in a while because this guy's got a great voice. He's a great guitar player. 
uh, blues, western. It's, he's got a, a, a crazy interesting mix, and the drummer for Oingo Boingo plays in the Tito and the Tarantula band. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, the Cruzados uh, is the band playing in this uh, in this film, and he, and he is the uh, leader of it. Small part, but I had to note that. No, for sure. I mean, I think I think music plays a big part in this movie, and uh, I think you see that right off the bat. Uh, I think it's awesome that he's Tito in the trench. This, he, I didn't, you know, I didn't even realize that until I read that later on. Uh, but it's so rad. So, and we get uh, we get the the owner of the Double Deuce, this Tillman character that shows up, and. Uh, Dalton's in uh, Dalton's in New York City right now, uh, isn't I? Th- I believe he's in New York City. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it is like a bit like New York City at the beginning there. And uh, the Double Deuce is in Kansas City, and Tillman wants uh, wants. Uh, well, before that, he uh, he gives him a chance to. Uh, this guy sees you know Dalton in action. You know he gets Dalton gets stabbed. <laughs> And and you can already tell that this Dalton character played by Patrick Swayze has like a has a lure about him because this guy goes you know I always wanted to try you uh, and Dalton doesn't fight him he brings him outside and uh, and lets him walk and lets him walk once he's escorted out and and you see the kind of demeanor that Dalton has immediately like. I'm not going to fight this guy. I don't need to fight this guy. So you can already get a feel that Dalton only is going to fight when he absolutely needs to fight. For sure. I mean, I think we should like preface by saying like what the, what's the term for what he is? Like a, they call it a cooler. cooler. Yeah. It's a cooler. Like, yeah. You know, like the head, uh, like he, he cools everything down in the bar. He's like, uh, he protects the bar. It's basically the head security, so to speak. But yeah, so Dolan has like this mystique, like you said, that they kind of they touch on when this guy basically says, "Oh, you know, I always wanted to come at you. I always wanted a piece of you," and uh, and Dolan handles him. So right off the right off the bat, they're setting the tone of like what kind of dude Dolan is and like how he reacts and the mystique that's built up around him. And, you know, Dolan got a little slasheroo, so he's cleaning up, and uh, Tillman uh, wants him to clean up his bar, and he said, "You know, Wade Garrett's the best in the business." Uh, you know, he said, Wade Garrett's old, blah, 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 blah. And we will go on to see who Wade Garrett is. And Wade Garrett is the one, the only Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah, one of the kings, Sammy. And, uh, yeah, this is just, uh, so he tells him, Dalton Dalton gives it, gives it up. He says, I want 5K up front and 500 a night. Which, shit, even these, I mean, shit, that's a fucking, that's a steal even these days. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're that's what, you're making bank. I mean, uh, five hundred a night, and uh, what's his name? The you know the owner of the Double Deuce. I, I, his name escapes me always, but uh, he seems to have no problem paying that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he has no problem. Uh, Dalton obviously is a is a character of uh, substance and a character uh, that's well known throughout the bar business as as we we see as we go on in the film, but. Uh, Tillman hits him with the I thought you'd be bigger, which he gets hit with all the time. And I, I think that I, that has to play into people think saying that about Patrick Swayze too, because Patrick Swayze, 5'9", of average height, um, playing this uh, this character. And do you think maybe that might even played into why Patrick Swayze wasn't seen, even though he did some action films, he wasn't seen as kind of like an action star because he was of average height? 
I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, you know what? When you, when we talked about doing this spot, I was thinking to myself, like, personally, I mean, Sweezy, in my opinion, kind of did it all. Obviously, he's in all genres of films, but he's in quite a few movies where you could, I guess you would consider him to be action and an action star. But I think, I think you're right, though. I think maybe his like physical build or. Or maybe some of the other movies he had done kind of like diminishes that because if when you know when you look at some of the other guys that you would consider like big action stars, you know Stallone, Schwarzenegger, uh, you know Seagal, JCVD, like maybe they didn't do as much kind of like dramatic or outside of the genre stuff that um, that Swayze's done. So maybe that has a little bit to do with it. But I th- yeah, I mean I, I would say that his build, and I think that probably is some sort of like little. And jab at everyone who says that when they because br- that's brought up in the movie quite a bit actually. Yeah, so. but we see him. He's cruising out in this Mercedes. He's got New York plates. We see the old uh, the classic New York license plate with the Statue of Liberty on it. Which I'm torn because I love that license plate because that's what we grew up seeing. But at the same time, the entire state is represented by the Statue of Liberty. That's a little deceiving, especially when people come up to upstate New York, as you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, living down here in PA now, every time I tell someone I'm from New York, they automatically think New York City. It's like... Uh, would you think they wouldn't know, they would, they would know the difference because that's like, you know, uh, you would think that they would get... Uh, I, I don't know. There's just so many, so many people don't recognize that New York is so huge and New York City is not that big compared to where are we are. No, yeah. The state of New York is enormous. Think about it. I mean, you know, but yeah, that's just a funny thing. They always think. But yeah, so... But we got uh, we get we, one of the first guys we see when uh, he rolls up to the Double Deuce. Great fucking bar name. Obviously, th- this place is fucking ragtag uh, if there ever was one. Uh, but we see T Funk, Terry fucking Funk. I mean, hardcore legend, wrestling legend, Texas legend. Legit, like if they. If you were to ask me back in the day, like, what would be what? Who would be someone you would random that you would love to see in this goddamn movie? Is it not Terry Funk? Like, does he not just add his extra little mystique? I'm sure a lot of people didn't know who the hell he was, but maybe they did. You know, I mean, back in the day, wrestling was just as big, but just such a great addition to it. I love that he was at his peak, like looking like a badass. Oh yeah, just looks like he fucking just like just got pulled over on Pine Ridge, going to the Erie Mill to cool off. But I love that he still he still has the vintage Terry Funk voice. You better drink or you're out of here. <laughs> he does. <laughs> the voice does not match uh, the look at all. Oh, no. And we see uh, one of my favorite blues artists, hands down. We see the fucking Jeff Healy band. Uh, and Jeff Healy play, uh, plays the character of this Cody who is, in real life, Jeff Healy was a blind blues guitarist. Yeah. Um, great fucking band. The Jeff Healy band is so fucking good. Um, but he plays this character of Cody and he does a pretty awesome job. I mean, granted, he's just kind of fucking Ray Charles in it looking around, but, uh, he, no, I mean, he, he definitely, yeah. I mean, he's got he had lines. a, he had a good presence in the movie. Did he not? Yeah, he does. Like I said, he has some good lines and, and, uh, I thought they did a, like a cool little thing with his character. They gave him a backstory of how, you know, him and Dalton knew each other from like, I think they talk about like some bar that they worked at in like Cincinnati maybe or something like that. So, but yeah, I thought he did a really good job. So we get the Jeff Healy band fucking, uh, you know, just got the cage up because people are throwing shit at him. We got fighting going on. 
We got fucking the bouncers starting fights. We got fucking the bouncers hitting on girls. So, and uh, Dalton's kind of just getting the layout of this fucking place. And uh, uh, we get Kathleen uh, Wilholt, who, uh, who was uh, who was also in uh, private school. Uh, she plays Carrie Ann in this one. Uh, she's an actual singer, and when she sings in the movie, it, it, it's her really singing. She was a... a you know, a known singer in uh, in the '80s. I mean, not crazy known, but it was known that she was an actress that sung. But uh, we get Travis McKenna in here too. Travis McKenna is the the bigger guy, uh, and he was also in Cheerleader Cheerleader Camp and Twice Dead, uh, both like you know horror slasher movies from the right around the same era. Both of those came out in 1988 and this came out in 89. So he kind of had a little run there. And I know he had a small role as one of the clowns in Batman Returns. But other than that, Travis McKenna really doesn't have a a, a filmography other than those movies, really. Uh, which is a shame because I thought he he was a, a funny, uh, notable character in this and in, uh, and in Cheerleader Camp as well. Yeah, he adds like a good, uh, like little comedic relief to throughout the entire movie in this. Yeah, they couldn't find fucking oatmeal. They couldn't find that uh, Theo from Son in Law to come reprise this role from <laughs> from Mask. So Sam Elliott's like, let's get a guy that looks like him. Hey, he would have been a good addition to that to that to this film actually. Oh yeah, he would have. <laughs> uh, so we get yeah. So we get, uh, Dalton is, uh, you know, again, we're getting reestablished here that Dalton's famous in the bar biz, like motherfuckers are freaking out. They're like, oh, it's Dalton. Uh, yeah, he comes in, he's kind of like looking around, checking out the place, seeing what he's got, see what's good, see what's bad, just with his eyes. Oh yeah, just a, a lay of the land, uh, and, uh, we see that he knows, uh, Cody, played by Jeff Healy. Uh, and Cody hits him with the, I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, also, can we, can we just, can we just appreciate the Southern accent between like Sam Elliott, between like Jeff Healy, the Southern accent was so cool in the eighties. I feel like, I feel like now it's kind of frowned upon, but how great is fucking the, that like little Southern accent is just makes, oh, yeah. makes me want to live in the South. Is it and wasn't Jeff Healy a Canadian or am I wrong about that? No, he definitely was, but I don't know why he had that Canadian uh, <laughs> well, or the country slang, but yeah, I mean, there's country in in Canada. I think every time we think of country, we always just think the American South, but uh, there's country everywhere, even in Canada. I almost want to say that there's a couple like uh, Canadians that I've heard kind of talk in that Southern twang before too. I mean, there's yeah. ranches and all kinds of shit in Canada. Exactly, exactly. I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, but uh, so then uh, we get another this blonde this blonde cat who looks like Scott Farley. Uh, he he's talking about how he heard Dalton rip some guy's throat out. We get we get some like uh, some cheap thrills fucking uh, David Keckner looking guy selling titty kisses uh, to yeah, that, another. <laughs> This scene, every time I watch this one, I'm like, why is this scene even in this movie? It's so strange. <laughs> Some guy has tried to sell titty kisses to a, a, a fellow patron of the bar on his girlfriend. And then this guy just starts squeezing her titties. And then he's just like, are you going to kiss him or what? He's like, I ain't got 20 bucks. 
<laughs> so then, oh, and then it erupts like a giant, a giant bar fight. Oh yeah, then we get the big fight. Uh and yeah, uh, then uh, you know Dalton doesn't break it up. He just kind of watches how they handle it, and Dalton goes upstairs. Uh, or just kind of like you know, pretty much ends right there, and then he just kind of was getting the lay of the land. But then Dalton hits this farm. Uh, by this cat named Emmett, just old farm boy trying to keep it real. Uh, rents this legit upstairs loft apartment in above the barn at this Emmett's place, which is sick. I would live there. Oh yeah, Emmett's also arguably one of the best characters in the whole movie. Oh, by far. Sick beard, just out there hanging with the horses. Gives Dalton some shit about why he wants to rent a stinky ass loft barn uh, apartment. And fucking Emmett's just fucking Emmett's just fucking stacking the hay and just fucking <laughs> just being real. And oh, and uh, and we get uh, Brad Wesley flying his big fucking helicopter over Emmett's uh, land. Uh, Brad Wesley's uh, estate is right behind Emmett's land. Uh, Brad Wesley played by uh, Ben Garza. Yeah, Ben Gazzara, right? Gazzara, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, crazy enough, they died, Patrick Swayze, RIP, died of, uh, pancreatic cancer, as did Ben Gar, uh, what, what's yeah, his last no, name? Sorry, Ben. Think, I'm pretty sure his last name is pronounced Gazara. Gazara, okay. I, yeah, but, yeah, you know what, I, I knew that they both had passed, obviously, we know, I know what Patrick Swayze passed away from, but, and I knew Ben Gazara passed away, but I didn't realize that they passed away from the same thing, that's crazy, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's really wild. But he does. Um, obviously, we'll talk more about his character. But he, he does. He's like the classic, like small town villain, and he and he and he really kills it. And you see it like the first. You know, this is a a key. Uh, his lead in the character lead in is perfect. He he literally flies over the barn to stir up the horses and uh, to land his uh, helicopter on his property. This big ass house you can see, and uh, so he already like already putting out the vibe that he's just basically basically an asshole. Sorry about my dog there. He was stirring up Emmett's dog too, so <laughs> Exactly. So uh so yeah, fucking Dalton is a cooler, as we said. He's not technically a bouncer, he's kind of the head bouncer, known as the cooler. Uh and Dalton comes in, he cleans house, and uh Dalton sets them all down and he tells him, he goes, you know, never under he's got three rules. Never underestimate your opponent, take it outside. And my favorite line in the whole movie is, be nice. Uh, if someone calls you a cocksucker, <laughs> I want you to be nice. <laughs> and I love that Travis McKenna's character is like, okay. And, uh, and then, of yeah, course. They're all, they're, all, they're all taken back by this. Like, yeah. Just be, the be nice thing. Because I think they were expecting Dalton to be like, fuck all these motherfuckers up. Like, as soon as they talk shit. Like, uh, but Dalton is, uh, you know, be nice until it's not time to be nice. Which I love that line. Uh, and, uh, I, I love that he's just like the one guy, uh, Pat is like, uh, he's like being called a cocksucker ain't personal. He's like, no, he's like, well, what if they call my mama a whore? <laughs> and Swayze hits him with the, well, is she? <laughs> uh, Keeping up with his, his cool mystique. Oh yeah. But that's, uh, that's just a great line. Uh, I want you to be nice until it's not time to be nice. Uh, but we got a, 
or no, it was it wasn't Pat. Pat is the bartender that skims money from the thing, but Steve is the one that he had the cocksucker mama's whole whore exchange with. So Steve's letting underage girls in. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite things is Steve is uh, having uh, someone, one of the girls that's under 21, uh, he's having his, uh, his good time with her in the back room. Uh, and he hits her with the, you're going to be my Saturday, my regular Saturday night thing, baby. A true romantic he was. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. What's crazy <laughs> about this scene is, too, not to get on, like, the weird part of it, but, like, this is another key example of stuff that was portrayed in movies in, like, the the 80s and 90s and before. Of the, <laughs> this guy lets underage girls into the bar, and he's like, you know, obviously they're doing what they're doing. Like, you're never going to see anything like that anymore, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, he's fucking. He's plugging her like a fucking leaking tire. Um, so we got Pat is the we we learn uh, a few scenes later that he is the uh, nephew to uh, to Brad Wesley. Um, but Pat's skimming money off as he finish and and uh, and he sees this and uh, at the end of the night, Dalton says, you know, uh, you know. He fires Steve on the spot when he was having his, you know, regular Saturday night thing. Uh, and he, he, at the end of the night, he, he, he cuts uh, Pat, too. He says, you know, you're skimming. He breaks it down. He goes, you're skimming money off every time you do this. Every time you do that, you're skimming that off. And you're finishing a bottle every few hours. You're costing him uh, about 150 a night. And then uh, tells him to take a hike. Yeah, basically comes in and... Almost like when a new football coach comes in and he cleans up all the negative bullshit. Yeah, and they they have themselves a dead weight. Oh yeah, they have themselves a night. Uh, Dalton takes a little stabaroo in the in the side. Uh, Dalton cleans house and uh, he hits him with the you know it's this big climactic fight scene or whatever. And as it ends, uh, Cody hits him. Jeff Healy hits him with the his name is Dalton. Everyone gives him a big round of applause. Oh yeah. And, you know, uh, he pretty much, uh, Dalton pretty much tells him, listen, this is going to get worse than it gets before it gets better. He's trying to tell Tillman that. Uh, he goes outside. He's got a fucked windshield. Uh, so he's got to go get that repaired. But there's a fucking, he sees a pool party with some of these rejects that he fired and all of Brad Wesley's, like, little, like, I don't even know what you would call them. They're almost like his little. His crew, yeah. Like, is like. Uh... Almost like a mafia style. I yeah, guess. yeah. All the people that just the hanger-ons, the 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 half-assed henchmen that Brad Wesley has uh, have a little pool party, as we can see, because we as we said, uh, Brad Wesley's estate sits behind Emmett's farm. And then uh, Dalt Dalt old Dalt hits uh, Red's auto parts. We get introduced to Red, whose real name is Red West in real life. Great. That's I mean just a classic name, oh, right? Yeah. Red. You don't see red in 2020, 2021. No. And, uh, so Brad Wesley rolls in with his henchman, Jimmy. Now, I can't pinpoint Jimmy. Jimmy looks like he might be Native American, but he also just looks like the biggest, like, you could tell this, there's no way this guy would ever play, like, a good guy in any film in the 80s. He is, he's basically, you know, he's like the poor man Zapka. Like, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's a heel, for sure. Uh, but you're right, though. He does have some sort of, 
it kind of adds to the mystique of his character too a little bit you know what i mean he doesn't say much you can't really tell anything about his background and we see you know uh, he gets introduced to them he can tell that they're kind of like bad elements already uh and he already knows about brad wesley from emmett saying you know he's just some rich fucking asshole pretty much uh and Dalt's doing, uh, Dalt's doing some martial arts, yoga, fucking Emmett's watching him. Like, so Emmett knows this motherfucker's on a different level. <laughs> yeah, Emmett's taken back a little bit by the Tai Chi, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, they come back to the Double Deuce the following night, and Pat's there, and, you know, Pat pretty much says, oh, yeah, like, I'm fucking Brad Wesley's nephew. Uh, and he tries to strong arm, arm him with uh, the the fellow henchers, the the, hench, the half-assed henchman tries to strong arm him uh, to keep him out of the double deuce. He, he thinks he's just going to come back in and get his job back because he has the miniature Theo and the other fucking, the other guy with him. Yeah, miniature, miniature Theo, I believe his character is Tinker. Tinker, yeah, that's right. Um, is basically what I want to look like in the next couple of years. I mean, suspenders, <laughs> trucker hat, <laughs> just, just ample, ample gut. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much the look I'm going for. Is Tinker and Roadhouse. So we see. It's funny that his name's Tinker because then we see we get introduced to a character that Joe Unger plays, and Joe Unger's name was Tinker in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. If you're unfamiliar with uh, Joe Unger, um. If you consider yourself any kind of horror fan, in my eyes, I think the guy is uh, is just a, such a noteworthy guy that I've seen in, in so many films, uh, especially in the 80s and the 90s, um, more so in the early 90s. He was Tinker in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He played uh, Ernst in uh, Pumpkinhead 2. Uh, he had a small role in Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, the guy really is, uh, he's a familiar face, and he's another guy. He, the acting I've seen that dude do in these films, uh, it's a shame that he didn't get more roles. I don't know why, but it, I just thought it was awesome that we got a little Joe Unger in this. For sure. It's read that this is part of his, uh, you know. That's a hell of a filmography, even if it's not that big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And, uh, you know, we see them leaving, uh, we see Jimmy and the Joe Unger, uh, the character Joe Unger plays leave, uh, Red's store. They're obviously taxing Red, taking money out from him, and they roughed his store up. They're just being, uh, you know, dicks. So there is, like, a mafia element that fucking Brad Wesley's running this, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, run this town this way. For sure. I mean, this film actually has like you really get down, and I don't want to read too much into it, but I, I do because that's what it, that's what we do. But this movie has like underlying tones of like a lot, like like you said, mafia, like action. It has like so many martial arts stuff. Like I know that they were trained, like you know, Swayze and and the guys. They were all trained by uh, one of the champion kickboxers, world champion kickboxers for this. There's a lot of martial arts in this movie. And it almost has like a western type vibe if you think not not so much like No, it does. It does. Look, but like the story like you have your small town with your classic villain who's taken from the people and the stranger comes in and like, you know, basically seeks for like revenge and retribution for the people. I mean, that's a classic story and this you know, like you said at the beginning like this film like definitely is underrated in that aspect like 
I know a lot of people love the film, but I don't think it's like taken as serious as it should be. Like, no, exactly. It's really like a classic story, and it's in a different way, told in a different in a different light, and it's, that's why it's like so awesome. No, one hundred percent. And a movie that actually came out a few years after this, it's very reminiscent uh, of the story. is called Running Cool. Sub Patrick Swayze as a as a bouncer in for like a a local biker and like a corrupt uh, you know. Uh, organized crime guy trying to corrupt this like town, this swamp town, and uh, it's called Running Cool. It's got Andrew Devoff in it, and uh, that one's really good. Uh, that one's a lot of fun. Um, I, if you haven't seen it, check that one out. For sure. Yeah, it's just like a classic story, and like it's told a lot of ways, but doesn't mean it's bad. Like it's it's cool to see it in a different light, for sure. So. Uh, he sees, at this point, Dalton sees that he's going to need some help. So he kind of like, he doesn't ask for Wade Garrett's help, but we get a call and we get introduced. We're almost an hour into the film and we haven't even seen uh, Sam Elliott yet. And then we finally see Sam Elliott. What's up, mijo? Um, just that classic Sam Elliott uh, just presence that he has. Uh and he, Dalton's just kind of like nosing around. He's not really saying anything. Uh, not saying he really needs him or anything. Just seeing what was up. But uh, you could tell that you know Wade immediately knows that you know he's fishing around for something. Like yeah, and I think this also like shows like Wade Garrett, like the character's impact. Like you can tell, like because because they build up um, they build up Dalton to have like this mystique that he can handle everything. And like I think in this. In this scene, you kind of see him like he's a little bit vulnerable, and you see you see that he really like, you know, trusts and, and respects what Wade Garrett is to him. So yeah, exactly. And we get uh, Brad Wesley's girlfriend uh, hitting on Daltz in the bar, uh, and uh, Daltz goes to uh, goes to Brad's house. He sees that you know she's got a big fucking. Sp- uh, black eye or face is all roughed up from that because Jimmy saw her hitting on Dalton. She really just wants to take the, the Dalton train for sure. Uh, but Dalton comes in the house. He sees, you know, her face all roughed up and, and Brad Wesley's trying to test Dalton and trying to be like, you know, trying to buy Dalton out pretty much. Yeah. Trying to throw money at him saying he's going to open up his own place yeah. and he wants him to, to be his cooler and, Basically, like you said, trying to buy him. And we get uh, we head back to the Double Deuce. We got Keith David making a little appearance as the new bartender of the Double Deuce. Yeah, how about that? That's always hilarious to me, old Keith David, and, and it's such a small role, but so great. Just the new bu- the new bartender who uh, the new straight laced bartender. I Smaller feel like character. I feel like someone. I feel like that needs to be recast. Because I'd be like, really? That's the same year Keith David was in They Live, and then he just got this small little part in Roadhouse? You need to recast this man in a bigger yeah, role. How is he not just kicking someone's ass, at least? This is a little disrespectful. But how do you not have one of the greatest... You have one of the greatest fight scenes in, in the history of cinema, and then you're just you never, you're not in a fight in the next movie? Come on. Not, not that we're not going to cover uh, Keith David movies in the future, but how badass is Keith David? Another guy that can do it all. Do action, comedy. He can do it all. Horror. For sure. Uh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, but we get... Uh, 
and Wesley, uh, Brad Wesley, uh, puts a hold on the liquor company. The liquor that's coming in, they, the distributor they buy from, Wesley's got a hold on it. Uh, so they can't, they're running low on liquor and they can't place orders because Wesley's corrupting the shit out of that. Yeah, basically, like, he has a stranglehold on, has a stranglehold on the whole town, everything. The, you know, the liquor distributor, and this is what he's doing. He's trying to, he's poking the bear, basically. So, uh, uh, so, so something we kind of glossed over, we I didn't even really mention it, was uh, Dalton meeting Doc when he was getting stitched, when he got stapled up. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a key moment. So he meets... He won- he meets when the, he gets slashed, yeah, yeah, he gets slashed in his ribs, so he's got to go to the doctor, get stitched up. And uh, yeah, when he got slashed, he goes to the doc uh, earlier in the film, uh, and the doc is just uh, she she's smoking like a fucking used Roman candle on the fifth of July, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, so immediately they they hit it off, and, and they're kind of like a little thing. Uh, but yeah, after you know, we we get a little little sexy time with them, a little sex scene, eighty sex scene, a lot of music, a lot of montage. Little... Yeah, you gotta have the love, you know, the love interest. She plays the doctor, the smart doctor. He plays the the smart, uh, you know, cooler who has a what a degree in philosophy that uh, he talks to her about, and she's obviously taken back by it. So you knew it was coming. Oh yeah. So then you know, Cody. And later on in the film, because that was earlier, but Cody tells him, you know, Brad Wesley had a thing for the doc, and and uh, and then we, uh, you, you know, we pretty much uh, we're seeing the development of Doc and and Dalton pretty much that they develop pretty quickly as you did in the eighties. Uh, didn't take much to to be uh, to be fleshing it up with each other back then. Not at all. Uh, but we get the henchmen, uh, roughing up during the liquor delivery. Liquor's finally getting delivered and we get old, uh, we get old Wade Garrett finally shows up at the double deuce and, uh, takes care of, uh, business, helps Dalton out as Dalton's getting fucking whacked up and, uh, Wade Garrett comes to casually comes to save the day and, uh, takes care of business, takes out T-Funk, takes out fucking mini Theo yeah, he kind of just shows up nonchalantly. He's just standing there watching him. Kicks in, dressed in all black like the man. And just like, oh, oh, yeah. Man. The fucking black boots, the black Levi's. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, then the, randomly they decide, well, it's the middle of the fucking day. Let's go to let's go bar bounce. Dalton, uh, Wade, and Doc go fucking just like bar bounce. And Wade's just like dancing it up with fucking Doc, fucking singing "All My Exes Live in Texas." Oh yeah, classic. Uh, and yeah, they're just like, yeah, let's bounce around and drink all day. We got nothing else to do. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we we find out that you, you know here uh, that Red is the uncle to the Doc. Yep, the connection there. The one he owns the auto parts store. It's her uncle. Takes care of her. And they blow up Reds. So they blow blow up Reds, and then Brad Wesley, right across the street after they blow up Reds, is at the Double Deuce with uh, Jimmy White Trash Fly Snooka. 
Because that's what he kind of looks like. He kind of looks like Jimmy Snuka a little. That's what he, he does. Look. Actually, have a Snuka look to him for sure. Uh, he's like a white trash. He's no, he's not even white trash. He looks Native American. Maybe he's a Native American version of Jimmy Snuka. But regardless, because he does wear like the bear tooth, fucking the bear claw necklace, little turquoise. Uh, yeah, there's a backstory there for sure. Oh yeah, that's a origin story we never got. We should have got, but no. Brad's girlfriend's dancing. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you know she does a, a little dance for for Dalton. I don't know what the I don't know what the the thought process behind having her dance and then watching and having Brad Wesley watch her dance for Dalton and then Dalton you know tells him keep your dog on a leash. And then Jimmy is just like, oh, I'm a martial artist, motherfucker. Here's the pool cue, and I'm fucking <laughs> just beating He's ass. Red. Oh, yeah. His taekwondo kicks in. He's like, let's fucking go, basically. Oh, yeah. Big brawl. Uh, and then after that, you know, it's kind of just like left in, in like limbo where you, you know it's not over, and there's just a bunch of shit still, you know, uh, simmering in the pot and uh brad wesley's little gang shows up and brad wesley to the car dealership and destroys the fucking car dealership with the big fucking uh uh grave digger fucking monster truck that one of these goddamn goons drives and just tears up the entire you know it's a small town like everyone probably buys their cars there and they destroy every car that they can see (laughs) and a little fun fact, apparently, I read on IMDb that that was actually one of the Bigfoots. Really? <laughs> yeah. No shit. So random. So random. That's so fucking good. Yeah, it's great. It just adds, again, it adds to it. And uh, and then those motherfuckers go on to blow up Emmett. They blow up Emmett's then. Yeah, that's just, you're crossing the line. I mean, you're going too far then. What the sure. fuck did Emmett ever do? Well, I know, he's just... Well, I feel like Eben and the guy who ran, um, you know, Red, who who had the auto parts store, and the guy who ran the, they're all uh, boys. Dealer. Yeah, they're all boys, and they're also they're all big town, you know, town uh, leaders, and they were trying to get rid of Brad Wesley, so he felt like he had to to attack some revenge revenge on them. So he blew up all their shit, pretty much ran over the cars, blew up their house. So Jimmy's making a getaway on a Lost Boys motorcycle, and. And uh, he gets kicked the fuck off the motorcycle by Sway's dog. Yeah, this... Um, this is a great fight scene. I was going to say, this scene right here is, like, uh, amazing. It's raining, right, um, towards the end of the fight. Uh, like I said, the martial arts aspects are full on between Swayze. Um, great fight scene, for sure. And... Uh, Climat- climactic, I would say. Very climactic, uh they're in the thralls of it, and they're fucking... They're battling right on the edge of this fucking lake or pond or whatever the hell you want to call it, and uh, Jimmy hits him with, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> little gay, bro. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Swayze is uh, not taken back, you know? No, no. And uh, and we hear about... We heard, Dal- you know, the the... The big uh, myth about Dalton ripping someone's throat out, and Dalton rips out Jimmy the Indian Fly fucking Snooka's throat out. Yeah, he just been pushed too far. You know, he's a good guy, but he was just pushed way too far. Again, the John Rambo aspect. Yep, yeah, he just um, just passing by. 
And, uh, you know, the doc can't believe that he did it, even though she knows what scumbags they are. And, and that's the most real element in the film is even though you, you knew he was a piece of shit and he just blew up Emmett's and he blew up your fucking uncle's shit and, and all this crazy shit, uh, they fucking, she was still like, just, she's like, holy shit, this motherfucker, I, 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 I fucking, oh yeah, I wrote him like the fucking goddamn, like the school bus and fucking on the ride home and she's still like taken back that he killed someone like he couldn't she couldn't really fucking believe it but uh so then you know he drags him into the into the lake and fucking yelling at brad wesley brad wesley's watching from a distance and uh and and then it, it goes even further because then they they beat the shit out of wade uh, Wade Garrett gets all fucked up and then he goes to check on the dock, make sure the dock's safe. And in that time they fucking kill the one, the only Wade Garrett fucking stabbed his ass. And that's the final, that's the, that's the final straw. And then it's gotta, it's gotta end at that point because he's just killed Wade, uh, which I didn't see coming when I saw this film when I was real, real young. I was just like, oh shit, I didn't think they were going to kill Sam Elliott's character, damn. Yeah, I was pretty upset about it, can't lie. And then, you know, Dalton pretty much shows up at Wesley's fucking house, fucking great car flip. He sticks the knife that they killed Wade with in the on the gas pedal, it drives up, it distracts them all, and he pretty much picks all these, uh, all these guys off except for Minnie Theo, uh, and takes them all out. And, uh, and Brad uh, Wesley meets his end, and he gets taken out by Dalton as well. Just a man pushed to his limits. Nothing else he could do. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, – and then we get, you know, that, you know, he's staying there because he's with the dock, and he's swimming in the lake with her. And that's how we perceive Dalton to live out the rest of his days in that town That after he's taken out the, the cancer that is Brad Wesley – and uh, we get one of the greatest uh, song, one of my favorite songs. Period. Uh, it was written by Dylan when the night comes falling, and Dylan may be because I, I don't know when we're gonna have time to even talk about Bob Dylan. But the Jeff Healy band covered this song when the night comes falling, and I think they fucking kill it. As did Bob Dylan is probably one of the is the most prolific songwriter of all time. But for some reason. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't really like Dylan. I mean, a lot of people do like Dylan, but so many people, even the people that don't like Dylan, have to respect all the songs he's written because he's written so, so, so many. But every Dylan's got to be famous for other people making his songs, you know, more popular and sound better. And that's exactly what the Jeff Healy band does with this, as like, you know, Guns N' Roses did with Knocking on Heaven's Door and a million other songs. But the Jeff Healy band covers this when the night comes falling, man. It was a it's a great ending for this movie. You know, the blues element, the blues and bars, it all kind of goes together, especially in '89. And it closes the movie, and it's I mean, it again, Jeff Healy too. Jeff Healy ended up dying of lung cancer back in, I think in 2007 or something like that. Or 2010, something like that. Really unfortunate, but what a, a great soundtrack, a, a great movie. Patrick Swayze, Sam Elliott, Ben Gazzara, all these guys are just kill it. This movie was perfectly cast, and it's it still holds up tremendously till this day. 100. 
I mean, classic. And like we, you know, we, we mentioned the music so much. I mean, obviously, we know that music means a lot to us just as much as uh, as movies do at times. And and I think that really it builds it here. You know, I mean, this movie's uh, the music behind this movie really just adds to the mystique of it. Everything about the movie cast perfectly in my eyes. Oh yeah, sure. couldn't have got much better. No. Now, what do you, uh, you know, where do you, where does this rank in action movie? Uh, you know, land. I feel like it, it. As years go on, I think it's getting more and more appreciated for just such a solid film. I don't think anybody could watch this and be like, "Ah, eh, it's not entertaining." It's at the very minimum very entertaining. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, to be completely honest with you, like, I mean, I first, I know you as well. I mean, I love Patrick Swayze and love him, love him. I personally think that. If you were to, if I was really to think about it, like the dude is literally in so many great movies, but he's literally in four movies that I absolutely like, I absolutely love, and uh, you know this Roadhouse for me ranks up there with the best, you know some of the best for me. I mean, it's a great movie. I think it's underappreciated. Great story. Swayze does a killer job. The cast is amazing. Um, I love it so. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's hard to beat this film. It's, it's such a great film. Like we said, whenever it's on TV, even though we own it, we gotta stop and watch it. It's just one of those films. It's like a Goonies. It's like a Lost Boys. It's like a Lethal Weapon. It's one of those classic, timeless films from one of the greatest decades in, in all of uh, filmmaking in the 1980s. I mean, it, we get this at the end of the 1980s, and Patrick Swayze went on to have a a good career. Did many different things: uh, action, drama, comedy. Uh, romance he, he's done there's another guy that his range was just what what a legacy he has because i feel like he is just undeniable talent uh that we saw starting you know probably one of the first things i ever saw him in was probably the lost boy or not the lost boys the outsiders excuse me yeah i mean i personally think that you know he is he's a i mean swayze is like a He's just a legend. I mean, if you think about the movies that he's he's been a part of, I mean, it's legitimately classics, legit classics. And even in the action as well. I mean, I know you love Point Break. I love Point Break. I mean, Red Dawn. I mean, if you want to consider it an action movie, I mean, it kind of is. I consider it kind of to be. That's an amazing movie. The Outsider is one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, you know. And then the the movies later on in his life. I mean. Donnie Darko, randomly in Donnie Darko, you know, before his passing. Yeah. The dude is a legend. Yeah, I mean, he leaves, so unfortunately, he died so young, uh, terrible pancreatic cancer, just fucking, there's there's no beating pancreatic cancer. I, f- I feel like everybody that I know that has gotten it, either famous uh, or not, is just... It's a crippling cancer. It's, it's fucking terrible, but what a legacy that dude left behind. He died too young, but... What a fucking filmography, and and what a stamp. You know, you know, we say it about like certain people. We're like, oh, you know, they left a stamp. A lot of this, a lot of these people, their potentials kind of uh, burned out, and they're kind of you know, you know, for for someone, I'll say like River uh, River Phoenix was another one. I feel like he didn't really get a chance to bloom into like this fucking extraordinary actor, although he he was, but he didn't. He had so much more of his life to live. Uh, and he was kind of like unfa. He was un. He wasn't fully blossomed into what he was gonna be. But someone like Patrick Swayze, you saw that dude uh, grow as a as an actor and the range that he could do. And he really did leave a stamp in Hollywood. Uh, when you say Patrick Swayze, people know who 
Patrick Swayze is. Uh, he's got a distinct style, a distinct look, but also he could play anything. It was really... He's, re- he's really one of the greatest of all time, I think, actors. I feel like that dude could do everything. Yeah, I mean, I was, I had to, I mean, I kind of have to agree. I mean, he's, like I said, he really tackles all genres. I mean, he tackled all genres in his, in his career. I mean, comedic roles, serious roles, action, like, I mean, at all. I mean, and it, it really is. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I would put him up there as, as one of the greats for it, sure. 100%. It, it, it feels so like I feel like we were sort of robbed too because we. I know. I know it was like eight years before his passing, but he does Donnie Darko, and I feel like you know that was him even branching out even more, like playing this weird like genre in this genre type film. I mean, now people want to just call it like an art house film or whatever, but I mean, it's a genre horror like, sci-fi type film Donnie Darko is, and he kind of played, like, you know, the skeevy, weird uh, pedo or whatever. Like, I mean, his range, I feel like, could have even grown into more genre films, too. Uh, It's really a shame that we lost him. For sure. I I mean, you know, touching on Donnie Darko, I feel like that was something that we really didn't see him play ever. Yeah. And you're definitely what's robbed of what could have been what what else we could have saw from him and and he played that like full of shit like uh uh that full of shit like psychologist slash like uh that role he played that like sneaky conniving like weird pompous like uh like motivational speaker so well too like you know what else could he have done it's it's so crazy to think yeah, I mean, he really did kill it. Great actor, and yeah, I mean, Roadhouse, Roadhouse may be his his opus though, right? It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's up for. I mean, I think a lot of people would would say, you know, I think I think his Point Break, his famous movies. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think people like really the Dirty Dancing thing is really big, of course. Go- Ghost yeah. was huge too. Yeah, Ghost was like gigantic as well, which are you know both great movies in my eyes, I think. And uh, uh, you know, Roadhouse, I absolutely love, and and uh, so I would say, pro- yeah, I mean, I say Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse are probably the ones he's the most, and Ghost if- are probably like his three, his like tripod of like his top films. If you were gonna give someone a if someone said, I've never seen a Patrick Swayze movie, what are you going to tell them to watch? Uh, that's tough. I would probably, me personally, I would probably say Point Break, but that's me. I mean, I don't know, though. I, it's tough. It, it would be Point Break. It would be Point Break or, or Roadhouse, for sure. One of those two, for sure. I mean, I love The Outsiders, but he's more of like a... He's a, Obviously, a secondary a or third tier character in that. Yeah, yeah, he's you know he's a very complimentary character. He's got some awesome scenes, but uh, yeah, very complimentary. So, yeah, Roadhouse or Point Break for sure. I mean, obviously, Roadhouse is like he's the guy, and uh, Point Break. Obviously, you would say Keanu is like more of the lead in that movie, and so he's I, the, he's yeah. the antagonist in Point Break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I I, I probably would say that. Uh, that Roadhouse would be the one to watch, probably. I would. I mean, I. I don't think I love Point Break, but I mean, I, I'd have to go Roadhouse all day because it's it's just Swayze, man. Patrick fucking Swayze. Uh, 
But this has been a this has been awesome. Uh, if you have not seen Roadhouse, I you probably didn't listen to this podcast. But if you haven't seen Roadhouse in a while, I'll say go revisit Roadhouse because it's that good. And yeah, I'll, and if you, I mean, if you're not familiar with with any of Swayze stuff, I, I strongly suggest watching. You know, you know, getting into him and watching a lot of his early stuff and even some of his later stuff. I mean, the dude is a great actor. He's in some phenomenal movies. I also just really wanted to quickly pinpoint. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, something that's talked about but never really like there's nothing factual about it but the connection between one of my favorite movies of all time the big lebowski there's all these big things you know ben gazara and sam uh, sam elliott are both in uh, the big lebowski they have like a lot of similarities um but i just wanted to mention that basically oh of course just, yeah but, but so random i don't i don't think the cohen brothers have ever acknowledged it at least to my eyes that there's any sort of i mean the, the movies are like what like uh, nine years apart or ten years apart or something like that. So I'm not really sure, but you know, I we cool that there's some. You know, Gazara plays like a a, a rich Jackie Treehorn in, in the Lebowski, and uh, I'm I'm telling you right now, what we should have gotten was a sequel to The Big Lebowski, and Swayze played Donnie's brother, <laughs> I mean, and just bullied fucking Walter around. That would have been uh, amazing. Honestly, that would have been amazing for sure. If only, but we have all these great movies, including Roadhouse, to remember uh, Patrick Swayze by, and what an awesome, uh, what an awesome talent, and what an awesome fucking movie. Uh, so if you see it on TNT, stop what the fuck you're doing and watch it. If you own it, rewatch it, watch the commentary, uh, and just enjoy this uh, amazing film. And thank you for. Uh, Listening all the way up into this point, like I said, uh, we will have a, a new name. We're still going to be under the Heart Guide Media uh, umbrella, but we will have a, a new podcast name. It may be a little bit more of a format. Probably not, though, because I like doing it uh, very ragtag like we do it. But Yeah, we're, we're one of a kind, you know. We, we, we let it flow. And we do it for fun. We don't do it to be yeah. on... A network. We don't do it to to get paid anything. We don't do it. We do it just to talk with our friends and laugh and fucking talk about how much we love Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we're we're you know we we do a lot of horror. Horror is our like uh, you know is our main you know if we're a basketball player, horror is our our go to. You know, it's our three point shot for the Warriors, but. You know, we also we also have you know a good driving game. We also you know we got a little bit of a post game. We get hell of assists. Uh, but yeah, it is it is what it is. And uh, yeah, this is going to continue on all kinds of genre movies, uh, music. Uh, I can't pick which one I would want to stay either mu- music or movies. So you're going to get a lot of movies. You're going to get music episodes. You're going to get it all. Uh, mainly horror. But also, we're going to have action movie months. We're going to have 80s teen months. We're going to have all kinds of shit. And we're going to keep rolling. And we're going to have some fun. And, yeah, thanks for checking us out. Host Sites Anchor. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Apple, whatever you want to call it. Spotify, Google Podcasts. All that fun shit. And we'll see you very soon with a new name. But for the very last time, this is the Heart Guide Media Podcast. And I've been your host, Jesse HS. Eric Scott Tyler has joined us for this, as he always usually does. And uh, we'll see you very soon with a fresh-ass name.